this is Jean Gallagher and welcome to Discover Rising Tides. I'm coming to you from our cabin in the woods in Maine as we are getting ready to construct our barn over the next two summers. So it's quite exciting. We'll have to add some clips in here as the progress goes. So the show today is actually part two with Melinda Keto. And that's really exciting. We had a, such a great conversation and I hope that you like part two as much as I did. And we, uh, it's, you know, after COVID things have changed so much and it's amazing how small our world is. M Melinda's uh, talking to me from Australia and it just makes things fantastic to be able to have conversations around the world. So enjoy, have a listen, share with others. And I hope you enjoy too. Thanks. So Tell us, tell us about what you have for us today. So today I'd like to talk about nourishment, mm -hmm. not just about eating and food, but really nourishing our bodies and what that means and how we can do that. When we nourish ourselves with the right food, uh, we are really able to give ourselves the, the energy and the oomph that we need. Uh, you know, we always talk about, you know, how the outside makes the inside better and vice versa. Mm -hmm. And so essentially when we are nourishing ourselves by eating real food, those are the foods that are grown outdoors and nourished by the earth. So earth nourishing the food that we are then nourishing ourselves with. You know, it's amazing. And I think we're going to talk about this with Mary too. I know we are, because I'm going to bring it up. <laughs> but it, a lot of people don't realize where their food comes from. And I live in California and where a lot of the food for the United States is grown. And it's amazing what's behind how we get our broccoli to the table. But also, I think what's also important is to understand the quality of the food that we're using to nourish ourselves, correct? Oh, absolutely. Um, so you're in California where most of the food is grown or a good majority of it. Mm -hmm. I'm in Minnesota where um, we grow corn and soybeans like in four months of the year. So the food that grows here is very different. Um, we have a short growing season. So those of us who have farms and, you know, some of the, the small farmers who are here in, in Minnesota, they really have a short growing season. And so what we can grow here is quite limited. And so we have to uh, bring in a lot of food from different places. And when we think quality, you know, we always think, you know, fresh food or fresh veggies and fresh um, fruit is probably the best, mm -hmm. but not always. You know, in January, when, you know, foods are maybe not at their peak, maybe that's the time to be actually looking to frozen vegetables as opposed to um, fresh vegetables, because one, they're not in season and they may not even be in season truly where they're, where they're being grown. They're kind of encouraged to grow. Mm -hmm. But then of course the uh, getting, getting the food, transporting it from where, where it is to Minnesota or to wherever your table may be. Um, that's a lot, there's a long, uh, there's a long time between picking food and it being picked up from the grocery store when mm -hmm. you go shopping. And so the food quality, as soon as food is cut off the, the stem or the, the tree or where it are picked, um, the food quality starts to go down immediately. Mm -hmm. And so how do we, how do we, um, find out how our food is nurturing us, nurturing us, or how do we find out what foods we should be eating? I always think 
first and foremost, you know, eat locally. If you're in California, that's easy. Mm -hmm. um, but also, even when you're here, uh, here in Minnesota, eating locally is a little different. Um, in the fact that I really encourage people to, in the summer times uh, and in the in the fall until um, really till the first snowfall, um, to go to the farmers markets, to go even to the supermarkets, but really to the farmers markets and to buy food in bulk, to do some canning, to do some freezing, um, and so kind of like our ancestors used to. So this way, you know the quality of food. You know if you buy food from a uh, from a local farmer at a farmer's market that they are one here, they're usually smaller, uh, smaller farms. And they'll tell you right, right as you walk in, um, whether they're organic or whatever, you know, whatever you're looking for. Most of them here, many of them here are organic, but not all. Mm -hmm. um, and that's okay, because truly when you're getting food from the source, uh, is much better than uh, food that's coming that you're buying at in that the supermarket is buying in bulk and transporting it. So that's one of the things that I say to tell people is really try to do some of that in the summertime and kind of prepare. One of the things I always talk about is to plan to prioritize and prepare. And uh, kind of like the story that always makes me uh, that I always think of is um, in the summertime, you know, the, the squirrels are still very busy, you know, getting walnuts and, and kind of putting them aside um, because in the wintertime, he's not going to have that, uh, you know, there's not going to be as much food around. So he has it stored. So he's already planning and preparing. It could be July and things are great. The weather's wonderful and the, the food is, in, you know, is plentiful, but come a few months later, it won't be. So kind of act like, you know, the squirrel and start squirreling food away. Um, and you know, preparing it in a way that it can be canned or frozen. So you have it in the wintertime when those foods, especially foods like tomatoes, mm -hmm. um, tomatoes this time of year here taste, they have no taste. Right. Not exactly sure why we're eating them. Right. So, but if you've canned uh, tomatoes or frozen tomatoes, I tend to um, slow bake them and then freeze them. Mm -hmm. They're incredibly delicious because you you they were picked at the peak of season and then you um, you cooked them and processed. Ooh, I hate the word process, but in a way you process them mm -hmm. in your own home, um, and so you know one where the food came from and you know it's high quality. The quality the quality really makes a difference with the nutritional value. Absolutely, it it, it does. You know, obviously depending on where you live there are foods that you're not going to be able to get locally. So you have to go to your supermarket and get what, you know, get what's there, mm -hmm. um, purchase what's there. But again, if you can look to see what they have in the freezer, frozen vegetables, vegetables are actually frozen as soon as they're picked. So they're actually picked and frozen um, really quickly um, after being picked. So it's at their peak um, freshness which means best nutrition. So when it comes to quality, yes, sometimes frozen is actually better than um, fresh. There's, yeah, there's no question. Canopies is really disgusting. Ooh, yeah. Tell you. <laughs> yeah, um, canned, canned fruits and veggies and, and beans are a bit of a challenge. I know for some people, you know, cans of beans are a staple. The challenge of course there is, you know, the, the metal that the cans are in and, you know, Metal contamination is is a thing. 
-hmm. you know, but the metals, you know, um, heavy metals do get into our body. And as we get older, you know, it just accumulates. And we really don't know how that's going to affect our health at some point. Some people are very, very um, sensitive to uh, heavy metals from canned tuna, canned beans. Um, and it manifests in a way that, you know, they're sick or they have an autoimmune disease or they have something that, that the doctors can't um, exactly uh, understand. Mm -hmm. And working with a naturopath, what I found many times with, with clients is there's a metal issue, a heavy metal issue. And so that's why I tend to stay away from canned, um, canned foods. Mm. And so as people are trying to figure out where they are within this nutritional journey, um, what suggestions or what resources do you have or how can, how can you give them a hand through that process? Oh, sure. So the thing that I talk about is eat real food, eat real food. And I talk about it in my book. <laughs> I love that I always have this book right here, um, Healthy Living, Happy Life. And it's eat real food, make a decision and be accountable. And all three of them go together. Eating real food is really, uh, for me, is the way to succeed in your professional, personal, physical goals. All of the things that we're looking to do in our lives starts with what we're eating. And so really looking at the, you know, the real foods, which I mean, you know, whole minimally processed foods as close to their natural state, mm -hmm. um, fruits, veggies, whole grains. Uh, lean proteins and um, healthy fats. So if we focus on those as like an 80%, you know, kind of like that 80-20 rule, if 80% of the time you're focusing on those foods, 20% of the time, you know, you can have the donut or the pizza, which incidentally are my two favorite foods. It is not broccoli and it is not cabbage. <laughs> I love, I love pizza and donuts, but they are 20% of my if that they're 20% of my, uh, my diet and 80% really is those, those foods that are nourishing my body, the donuts and the pizza nourish something a little different. Yeah. <laughs> Let's be real. You know, they're comfort foods, you know, they taste good. Um, and sometimes, you know, you gotta live a little. Yeah, that's true. Every once in a while, the donut does help, but you can't grow the donut in the garden. <laughs> Cannot grow donut in the garden. No. Um, again, those are those are those are kind of those those um, occasional foods. Mm -hmm. You know, I always I always talk to um, a children's group here uh, locally, and I always ask them this one silly question: How many times do you? How often does mom make a birthday cake for you? And they will look at me like, "Well, on my birthday." one time a year, that day. And so, you know, it's those occasional foods or the foods we enjoy on an occasion that make them special. Mm. If you eat them all the time, they're not special anymore. Moderation. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Great. Thanks, Denise. You're welcome. That's, that's really, that's, it's, it is very interesting. And then just to remind people, um, how can they get in touch with you or find out more? Uh, they can always find me on livinghealthylist.com. Uh, that is my uh, website. It is the free resource that I offer. Uh, you can find me there or you can find me on uh, LinkedIn, Facebook, or Instagram under okay. Living Healthy List. Great. Thanks so much, as always. Thank you. Virtual assistants or copywriters. And so let's talk about the writing piece. We talked to, we've talked about the visual and the, the video making or 
creation. Yeah. So the writing piece for me is really hard. <laughs> there's, there's nothing, there's, that is just the honest answer. Um, it's difficult for me to get what's in my head on paper that makes sense. And um, do you do you find that other people struggle with that? Some people are very very creative in their writing, but is it difficult to make writing personal? Uh, I think it would be rare to find a person who's like, I love writing. <laughs> Okay. Um, I make feel better. <laughs> I'm an exceptional writer. I write just like my writing is, is, you know, pat myself on the back. I, I write amazing content, but geez, I hate writing. <laughs> like it's, <laughs> it's the biggest source of resistance for me personally. So um, yeah, most people struggle to write, but I think most people struggle because they feel like it's got to sound a certain way or look mm. a certain way. And so sometimes the simplest thing you could do is just get your voice recorder out and just say, look, I'm, I'm trying to write an email about, you know, why people should book, book this call with me. And, you know, I really just want them to understand, like maybe just talking out what it is that you're, you're wanting to write about. Um, and hey, look, if we've got things like chat GPT up our sleeves, we can also make take advantage of those kind of things to just go, look, just give me a first draft. I, I, I have this idea in my head, but I don't know how I want to make it sound. Write me an email about, you know, why people should book this financial advice call with me and get a first draft from a computer. And usually, <laughs> I know this is the case for me, when I get a shitty first draft, I'm like, oh, no, I didn't want to say it like that. And it's so much easier for me to edit something that's bad oh, <laughs> than, yeah. than to come up with something fresh myself. <laughs> and then you're making it your own. Yes, exactly. That's the important part is to make it your own and not just be 100% lazy and go, oh, that looks good. <laughs> yeah, well, look, I mean, I think that's the risk that we're going to come across. I, you know, I, I love the idea of chat GPT to kind of shortcut the writer's block that so many people, you know, there's no point sitting at your computer for an hour, not being able to start anything when you have a tool that could at least give you a starting point. But on the flip side of that, I think it's going to become really difficult for online audiences to discern who actually has skills, knowledge and talent mm. of their own mm -hmm. and who doesn't. Um, I have seen people go, oh, I just I just put my course outline through ChatGPT and it, it gave me um, ideas for three extra course modules that I never would have thought of. But it's like, but that's not actually your knowledge then, is it? Like, so it's it's an interesting world that we're moving forward into like I, those kind of tools are, are fantastic um but yeah I, I don't know how audiences of the future are really going to be able to tell that somebody who has genuine skills knowledge and expertise and somebody who's good at using an ai <laughs> it is that is a whole nother subject that that yeah. that is can be, like you said it can be a little exciting but it's also quite frightening <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> at the same time. <laughs> but you know what? The the thing that um, that doesn't concern me about that is like, I know for myself and for the people that I work with, we focus on what are the most important ingredients you need to communicate, mm. and then how can we fuse that with your personality, your voice, and and how do we merge those two things together? So. I'm not concerned about how that impacts my clients or myself, because I know that there is no computer that can compete with our own natural voices and the, the message that comes from our heart. 
And so when you're, when you're comfortable enough and, and clear enough on what those ingredients are and how you want to get them across, then, you know, whether you get a first draft from ChatGPT or whether you just write it straight, straight from your head and your heart, you are always going to be able to come up with an end product that does stand out from the rest and does connect with people in a way that AI generated stuff just mm. never will be able to. Really like that. Yeah. I like that approach. So how did you, how did you get here? What's your background? Oh, um, so I, the majority of my career was in um, human resources, but mostly in learning and development. So I was fortunate enough to accidentally fall into a, a company who um, spotted some talent in me at a, at a young age and um, moved me into their training department. And one of the first things I noticed when I got my hands on the company training material is like, what is this even trying to say? <laughs> like there was a whole lot of fluff and filler content. And so I, I was kind of tasked with, you know, updating everything. And in the end, I, I threw most of it in the bin and started again <laughs> from the sense of like, but what are we actually trying to say here? Like, mm. what do we actually want them to learn? And so let's cut out all the junk and, and explain what we're trying to explain better, more clearly, mm-hmm. um, and in a way that people are actually going to get it. And so I, I ended up uh, doing very well in that company and I um, became the learning and development manager nationwide for, for that particular company. Um, and, you know, a, f- a few extra roles in there as well in um, operations and, and marketing, um, you know, just bits and pieces. Uh, and then babies came along and, and throw a little bit of a spanner in the works. And um, when I was on maternity leave, my, my first child was about four months old and, um, you know, an opportunity popped into my lap and, you know, there's a little bit of uh, ick that comes with me mentioning this, but it was a multi-level marketing company. And I was like, oh, I mean, what else have I got to do other than just raise this child of mine? I'll give this a go. Could be a bit of fun. And, you know, I, I did well with that company, but what that opportunity opened my eyes to was this whole online business world that I had just never, mm. um, I'd never knew it existed. And then like email marketing and um, social media content and just all these things that I was like, huh, look at all these people making all this money <laughs> over here. And, you know, so at the time I was like, oh, you know, I can really make a go of this, this network marketing company. I could do really well here. But it, it wasn't too long before I realized that one of the key uh, points of network marketing is duplication, mm-hmm. meaning you should duplicate what the people above you have done to get where they got, <laughs> to get where they got. And you should teach all the people beneath you to duplicate what you do. Mm-hmm. And I remember sitting in uh it was, <laughs> I was sitting front row in a conference for this network marketing company that I had actually organized. And I had people fly in all across Australia and New Zealand for this event, my event, big event. And I'm sitting in the front row listening to, you know, the presenter at the time talk about what you needed to do to be successful in that company. And I was sitting there going, I don't want to do that. <laughs> and the real thing that had come through from there is like, I'm not duplicatable. Mm. And I don't want to duplicate that person. And I don't want anybody to be able to duplicate me. 
And that was kind of one of my first real um, realizations of like, I just want to be myself. I want to share my own message. I don't want to be constrained by anyone else's rules or, or, or whatnot. And so, but I, I had had all this exposure to this online business thing. So um, yeah, I think it, it's that old story of like, when you look back, you can connect all the dots. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. What I had done. And you wouldn't my, be where you are without those dots, even if there was a little ick in there. <laughs> yeah. Like, <laughs> um, and so what I realized that my entire career had been about training, development, helping people to realize in themselves what they didn't realize. And, you know, like I did sales training and uh, leadership training and all those kinds of things in, in my uh, original company. So, you know, I had, I had had that exposure to developing and, and training people. Uh, and now I'd had this exposure to the online business world. And I was like, okay, I'm going to be a business coach. Why not? <laughs> like, I know enough to be able to tell people about business. And so I initially started to promote myself online as, as a business coach. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I was a business coach who was not making very much money at all. Because to be fair, I had no business being a business coach. <laughs> you know, I, I wasn't somebody who had uh, built my own successful business at that point. I just felt like I knew enough to be able to help other people <laughs> to, to build theirs. Um, and, you know, look, I, I struggled to get any kind of traction in the early days uh, when I was out on my own. And I, I had a coach, I think it was back in 2017 that I connected with this coach. And one of the biggest things that she taught me is like, okay, but you need to specialize in something. You need to help your audience have no doubt about what it is that you do mm-hmm. and what problem you can help them with. And so she really was encouraging me to, to uh, focus in on something that I could hang my hat on, a, a particular skill that I was confident I was really good at and that people really needed. And I don't know where the bolt of lightning came from, but I realized at the time that it was messaging. Mm. And because, like I said, I didn't really have any business being a business coach, but damn, I was good with words. (laughs) And I would naturally, like if somebody posted something online, I would naturally critique it in my head and go, oh, I would have said it this way. Um, Like that, that ability to just take something that somebody else has written and go, but what are you trying to say? Mm -hmm. And, you know, again, looking back at those dots, I realized that's what I'd spent my entire career doing is Mm -hmm. taking some training information going, yeah, but what does that even mean? What are you trying to say? And, and rejigging people's words in a way that made sense, that connected, that sounded better, but that also got the message across a lot more effectively. And what was really a special moment for me is as literally the minute that I locked in on that being my specialty, like everything changed mm-hmm. overnight. Um, I remember doing a, a two minute live stream. Like I just jumped into a Facebook group that I'd you know been hanging out in for a little while. And I was like, Oh my gosh, like I've, I finally figured out, like, I know what it is that I want to do with my business. Like I want to help people who are really good at what they do, but just don't know how to put it into words. Like, so I was just sharing my excitement that I'd figured out what my niche was, or I'd figured out what that specialty was going to be. And I had, I didn't think anything of it, went and picked up the kids from school and Later that night, I checked back on that post and there was all these people in the comments saying, oh my God, that's exactly what I need help with. Oh my God, wow. we need to, that's exactly what I've been struggling wow. with. And I was like, huh, 
Like I've got something and, here. <laughs> yeah. And literally from that two minute live stream, I had a bunch of comments, but I had three people stalk my website. I hadn't made any kind of call to action, but they figured out where my website was. They figured out on page three, hidden down the bottom, there was a button to book a call, which had nothing to do with messaging because I hadn't even touched my website yet. I hadn't even, like, I'd literally just decided. And those three people booked a call with me and all three became my first ever, like, premium level package clients. Wow, that's fantastic. that's from a two minute live stream of just being clear about what it is that I could help people with. Mm-hmm. And that made people go, Oh my God, I need that. So you did for your business, what you're telling people to do for their business. Exactly. <laughs> and, you know, um, unironically my, my core signature program at the moment is called, Oh my God, I need that. Because that feeling of, just saying something off the cuff. Oh gosh, that's going to make me a bit emotional. That feeling of just being able to go, oh, this is what I do. And I'm really excited about it. And having people respond, oh my God, that's exactly what I need. Mm-hmm. I was like, if I can help people to have that feeling mm-hmm. when they, sh- when they just get out and share their message to have people reply, oh my God, I need that. That's exactly what I've been looking for. Where have you been all my life? That is my absolute passion to be able to help people experience because I know how amazing that first feeling was for, for me. I love that. And it's, that's phenomenal. And to be able to do that for yourself first, which is really any good coach or any, anybody that's providing guidance to others needs to take care of their own house first in that same manner in order to provide that guidance, which is no wonder you felt blocked before that. Mm. Right. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. Yeah. So the, the process of doing this and doing what you do, and you're going to hear the dog whining in the background. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Somebody's stuck in the room with me and they have to stay. (laughs) So, so the process of doing this for people and I, what I really, what one piece that I wanted to bring out for that is that you're not writing content for people. No, you're, you're not teaching them how to do their business. You're looking for people that are doing their business, but need to ramp it up a little bit or need to change how they're appearing or attracting is that yeah yeah so I I don't generally do copywriting for people so Mm -hmm. you know I I don't I don't rewrite somebody's website I mean occasionally but that's that's not kind of the 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 way that I like to work um I I like to work with people who are already in motion so somebody who is like hey I want to start an online business what do I do Mm -hmm. um there's just there's so many other hurdles that (laughs) you kind of need to jump over first so I like people who have already been out there, um, you know, posting on social media, putting their videos out there, putting their writing out there, doing all the things that they feel like they should be doing. And usually (laughs) people who have been doing that for a while are the ones who actually realize they need my help Mm -hmm. because uh, most people at the very start of their business would not look for a messaging strategist. They would go, okay, but how can I make money? How can I make money? And I'm over here going, wait, if you worked on your messaging maybe <laughs> but uh, like the, the the truth of the matter is people don't understand or give credit to the importance of messaging until they realize that without it they're not getting any traction mm-hmm. 
So um, what I like to do is finesse what people are already doing. Like look at somebody's social media post and go, okay, so what if we said it like this? Like, what if we cut this bit? This bit's really vague. Like, what if we could be a bit more clear or a bit more punchy here? And like, just wave a bit of a magic wand over it and have people go, oh, like that actually sounds really simple and clear, Mm -hmm. but it sounds so much more like me as well. And what that does for people is they they get excited because they like the sound of their messaging, which makes them want to share it with the world more. And and so, um, you know, I had a client just this week who's like, oh my gosh, I've got all these views on on this particular post. You know, she'd been getting like three or four likes on on her posts. And all of a sudden this one had like six or 700 views on it. And she's like, I've never had that kind of thing before. And she's like, I've got all these other ideas that are flowing now. And that's that's the exciting part for people. Like, is when you feel good about your own message, when you understand what it is you're actually trying to say, then then how pumped are you, and how how much easier is it to push past your visibility blocks and put yourself out there and brush yourself off when when one particular post falls flat? Like, it's it's that sense of confidence and clarity that people feel with within themselves that makes it so much easier for them to to communicate more clearly and and with with the energy and magnetism that you need to attract clients online Mm, magnetism that's a great word yeah well because the thing is like you could have a perfectly written email or post but if there's no vibe behind it if there's no like if 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 there's no charisma or you know whatever it is that you want to label that like I want to help people be clear in their communication so that they can add the oomph behind that of their unique vibe and magnetism, because that's the part that actually, you know, your words are one thing, but it's us that people hook into. It's our vibe and the way that the way that we connect, like you would know there are some people that you find online where you're like, oh my gosh, I would love to work with her. (laughs) Right. And that's, that's not so much because of their words. It's often because of the vibe that mm-hmm. they're, they're bringing to the table as well. But that vibe is often missing for people when we don't feel confident that we're communicating clearly. So it's, we kind of solve the, the clarity piece so that they can just, you know, show up as the bright light that they, they really want to be. So what does it look like for clients that work with you? You say the, you had, you mentioned a premium package, but what, what is the, tell me about that. Yeah. So um, my signature program is, oh my God, I need that where um, people come in and we have people at various stages of business. So some who are still, um, you know, trying to get traction and trying to get fully booked. And we also have people who um, have, got a an online course that they've been selling for many years and that it's got a its own like automated funnel so it sells while they're asleep but they just go you know what I feel like it could be converting a whole lot better so what do I need to say in my funnel to um to get people to buy so we have people at different stages of business um and we really just focus on okay let's no matter what stage of business you are let's focus on those core ingredients of your messaging mm-hmm. what are the things that well, first of all, who 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 are we trying to attract? But then, what does that person give a shit about? Mm. What what would make that person pay attention? What would get that potential client excited? What would touch their heart? What you know, we we understand 
what those ingredients are, but there's, there's little things as well. Like we need to understand what that potential client already believes, Mm -hmm. like what belief systems are they locked into at the moment about, you know, if it's financial advice, what do they believe about their finances? What do they believe is possible for them? What do they believe is impossible for them? We need to get an understanding of where that person is right now. Mm -hmm. And then if you're wanting to sell a financial services package to them, what do you need them to believe instead? Mm. Because if I believe this, and maybe I believe that, you know, I'm bad with money and, um, you know, whatever belief system I've got, and you want to go, well, yeah, but just work with me and then I'll fix it all. There's a disconnect there. I'm, I, I can't just just jump straight into that. You, part of your messaging is helping to, is trying to address the beliefs that I have that are counter to the outcome you want to help them to achieve. So we look at all these different ingredients of, of your messaging and, and what it is that you need to communicate to help them realize what you do, help them realize that's, that's something that could help them and help them to believe that your solution is the answer to their problem. The belief part is really important. I can see how that's important, no matter what industry it is. Yeah. They have to believe that your services are going to provide the step up to the solution that they might know or might not even know they were looking for. Exactly. Yeah. Mm. Um, I have a a good little example of that. Um, I I had a client who teaches uh, music programs in kindergarten and preschool rooms. So like, you know, two to five year old uh, um, kids. And, you know, she was running this webinar to, um, to promote her, her program. And um, she would always get such amazing feedback. People like, oh my gosh, you're so great. Like, I love this webinar. It was so good. But she wasn't getting the conversions for people to enroll in Mm. her, in her program where those um, early learning uh, educators could run those music programs themselves. She's like, why aren't people buying? And so one of the important questions was, okay, but what do they believe about running music programs? And we went through a bunch of different things, but one of their core beliefs is, but I can't sing. And you really need to be a good singer to be Mm. the person running the music program. So it wouldn't matter how compelling her webinar is. It wouldn't matter how low she priced her program. Mm -hmm. It wouldn't matter all of the bonuses that she shoved into that. Because if that person believes, but I can't sing and you need to be a good singer, to run these they're never going to even attempt they will never buy it Mm -hmm. so a big part of her messaging needed to attack that belief and flip the script and help them see that from a different perspective and the truth is a three-year-old doesn't give a shit if you've got a good voice they just care if you're in energetic and if you're using your facial expressions so part of her messaging was to help shift that perspective that her people had because help her overcome she, her fears too yeah 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 and if if I can you know maybe a stronger message that she needs to promote about what her program can do is that the program will give you confidence the program will help you improve your singing voice the program will help you but if she just ignores that or doesn't even realize that's a problem then no one will buy her program mm-hmm. so 
what I do for people is try to help identify what those things are that we need to address and communicate in your messaging. And, you know, so we've, we've got some learning modules that go along with that, but, but where the rubber really meets the road is, uh, you know, we, we do coaching calls where one at a time people come on and go, look, it's just not converting. What do I do? And we have exactly those conversations. And um, yeah, so we, we have coaching calls and we also have critiques where people, you know, submit their work and I can kind of go, okay, this bit's great. This bit's a bit boring. Uh, and they get my um, blunt but loving feedback about what they could what they could tweak to make it much more powerful. Yeah. So as you're helping people along with their business, how do, how does Mel take care of Mel? And how does Mel be mother of two boys? <laughs> and what do you do? And how does the outdoors play into that for you? Yeah. Um, so I'm very, very lucky to live in a beautiful, beautiful part of Australia. Um, and so I've got um, beautiful beaches, a five minute driveway. And I think the, the outdoors is, is really one of my cures to, to writing and creativity blocks. Um, I, <laughs> all of my best ideas come to me either in the shower or <laughs> when I'm trying to drift off to sleep. <laughs> and so I often get really frustrated because I, like if I just had a little chip in my brain to record the stream of words that come to me when I'm in a really inconvenient place. If you can figure um, that out, can you just let me know? <laughs> well, look, I, I do have a waterproof notepad in the shower, which has been a fantastic addition. So <laughs> my husband often comes in after me and there's like all these notes stuck from when I've just had to scribble something down. So that has been one hack. Um, but with without, like, I guess one of the ways that, um, that I, overcome that during my work day when I, when my brain is meant to be doing what it's, what it's doing, um, is often I'll just take myself down, down to the beach and just, um, you know, sit on one of the banks. And, um, it, I think whether it's the waves, the sound of that, mm -hmm. um, it's mimicking the shower or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, that's often the place where if I'm feeling blocked and I can't get anything flowing, that if I just take myself down there, that's, that's the, um, a place where I can at least make a start and and you know get to something that's a lot more juicy than than the boring stuff I was creating at my desk. The so. energy from the water and the waves yeah. is really powerful. Yeah. And uh sunshine as well. Like uh being in Australia, our summer sun and my pasty skin are not friends. Um <laughs> so I often can't make the most of the sunshine during the summer. But um, our winter sun is beautiful. And so I, I find um, that, you know, if my house gets a little bit cold, I, I, I always head outside and luckily it's not that cold outside that I can cope. But um, I'll, I'll get myself, you know, laid out in the sun with my laptop and, um, you know, type away. And then I, I just have to keep moving my position around the house. As the, like sun, as, moves. <laughs> as the sun moves, I'm like, start in the backyard and move around the side. And then often I end up out the front of the place, front of the house in, in the afternoon. So I, there's something about that winter sun for me that just, mm -hmm. um, like that's such a battery recharge, um, for me, if, if I, yeah, I literally spend all day, every day in the winter, just following the sun around the house. So, yeah, it makes, it does. It, it is amazing how important it is for that. So Monday and Tuesday are my long days and quite often I'm not outside at all. And today I found myself, I just, I just had to step away and I just had to eat my lunch outside, 
and just let the, and the sun was actually shining today. We've had a week of terrible weather. Mm. Just really needed that recharge, like you said. Yeah. yeah. And you know, it's, it's a brain break as well. Like um, sometimes I'm, I'm not necessarily needing to unlock extra creativity, but just the change of environment, like mm-hmm. moving myself from this office here and just, just driving five minutes down the road. And even if I end up just sitting in my car mm-hmm. um, and, and typing away, like just being that, that shifting environment, I think just, it, it does create a, a, an extra spark. So I'm, I'm, I'm so grateful that um, I accidentally found my way into a business that I can work from home because um yeah, I, I don't know how I would go back to an office now uh, just to be able to have the flexibility of sitting there or sitting out here and, and, mm-hmm. and getting a, a whole different um, energy in, infused into what I'm trying to work on. Uh, just that's, that's what I, I know I need now to, to get the best out of myself. And you get to infuse that energy for others that are stuck inside. Yeah, <laughs> I'll try to be their sunshine. That's it. That's it. <laughs> Uh, Melinda, it's been a pleasure talking with you today. And um, how do people get in touch with you? Um, well, you can contact me through um, any of the socials. So uh, you can send me a DM on Instagram. It's just at Melinda Kitto. Um, if you're wanting to check out more of my work, uh, mm-hmm. YouTube's probably the best place to go. So if you head to melindakitto.com forward slash YouTube, you'll find my YouTube channel. Um, be warned because uh most people watch one video and then end up watching 10. So you, you can get sucked into my content a little bit. <laughs> that happened to me. I just kept clicking. <laughs> but you know, like, and that's exactly what this is about, right? Like yeah. it's creating that kind of trail where people just want more and more and more. And um, yeah, so that that's your warning about my YouTube content. I've got some more um, more videos in the bank ready to, to come out soon. So um, yeah, that's probably the best place to find me. But I'm, I'm so open as well that if, if somebody wants to just reach out and go hey Mel like I'm really struggling with how to talk about what I do like I I love just bouncing ideas back and forth with people so please don't hesitate to reach out and just go hey I need a bit of help with this and you know if I can help then that would be amazing for both of us fantastic well thank you thank you it's been a pleasure and a wonderful lovely conversation so thank you so much thanks for having me Jane it's been beautiful Thank you so much for listening today. Today's show is sponsored by Seaside Solutions, my financial services company. As a business owner, it's easy to be pulled in many different directions and often taking care of yourself plummets to the bottom of the list. For me, I find myself outside to reground. My time outdoors helps me manage my day more effectively and be more present for my clients. Through this, Discover Rising Tides was born. At Seaside Solutions, we truly believe that education is the foundation of financial wellness, Our primary focus is to provide guidance that is designed to help you achieve your long-term financial goals and visions. Working with a plan allows space for doing more things that you love, like being outside to make the inside better. If I can help you create or realign your plan, or if you would like to be added to my weekly newsletter, please let me know. This week's topic was five ways to set more achievable goals. Your referral means the big, beautiful world to me. And if I can help, please let me know. And thank you so much for listening and see you next time.